When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. You're listening to the Impact Theory Podcast, your source of empowering ideas and actionable techniques from the world's highest achievers. Join host Tom Bilyeu, serial entrepreneur and co-founder of the billion-dollar brand Quest Nutrition, on a journey to unlock your potential and realize your vision of success. Welcome to Impact Theory. What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Facebook Not-So-Live Q&A this time because uh, Lisa and I are traveling. This one is for our anniversary. I couldn't be more excited. While you were viewing this, I am chilling in Bora Bora, which I have always wanted to do, and my wife almost to a like, in fact, I think it is a bucket list item for her, Um, so that's what we're doing. We're checking uh, that off her bucket list very excited I to be like doing it. that. And I'm here with the voice of the community. Hello, Cindy. everyone. What is up, homegirl? Not much. Getting ready to rock out this Q&A. There it is. Yeah. Let's and do the And by damn the thing. time you see this, our women's apparel will be live in the store. Indeed it is. So check out there it is. the new Tough Toughen the fuck stuff. out, buttercup. Absolutely. Love it. So our first question comes in from Connor through the Connect inbox. As the company matures and is more entrenched in phase two and three, what happens to phase one, specifically the one-on-one interviews with our modern mythological heroes, which Tom hosts? Does this format of narrative take a back seat and become published less frequently? I'm curious to see how you value the interview co- content in the long run and its criti- criticality to the business as a continued inve- endeavor. I recognize that that it's extremely valuable and critical at present. So if I'm right, and oh Lord, I can't tell you how open I am to being wrong uh, is a core tenet of my identity. Uh, But if I'm right, it will remain important forever. And I'm a huge believer in whatever it is that got you there, keep doing it. So um, I really believe that the way we're going to build the community is the value that we bring from our social content. I think that the reason that I believe we have the timing right and that this is all actually going to work is because I understand how to leverage social. Um, I also believe that part of what makes this work is my um, near unending engagement with fans, which I will continue to do. I think that that's really important. I think that that's the beauty of social is it gives you access to people you otherwise wouldn't have access to. Um, As we grow, we'll have to find obviously ways to um, handle the more and more people because at some point I won't be able to respond to like every comment and all that stuff, but really making sure that people feel that connection, that access. Um, So I'll keep doing that. I also think that being 
doing live events is going to be a huge part of our future. Yes. And I think that we do actually very little compared to what we will be doing in the future, yes. um, even as the studio grows. Because here's why I think the social side is so critical to um, the traditional narrative side. What has been missing? Because we are not, we don't have a dearth of um, narrative content. We don't have a dearth of mythology. What we have is a lack of understanding of how to extract the life value. So that's why I think the social content, that's why I think I'm uniquely um, able to build this business because it takes someone who can look at the um, complex ephemeral ideas that are being laid out in the mythology and make it accessible. So um, I think that Joseph Campbell could have done this if he hadn't passed away. Uh, so when I look at somebody like that who had that ability to really digest the mythology and show people how to put it to use in their life, and when I think about how much Joseph Campbell really impacted the direction of my life yeah. um, and how he is an ever-present part of my marriage, I mean that very sincerely, in the things that he taught me about how to become a different person so that you're not the same before you get married and after you get married, and that's sort of an ever-present part of Lisa and I's connection. Um, that's, that's very important. He is the one that taught me about what commitment means, um, which I don't even think he meant to. I don't even know that he ever talked directly about it, but he talked about the importance of ritual and transition and yeah. all of that. So, um, so I think it will remain important. Now, if it doesn't, and um, I find that it's holding the business back in some way, and that because I believe what you're able to monetize is value. So if we're monetizing the traditional narrative and the world is telling us all of your energy should be placed there and we're able to extract all of the meaning and all that ourselves, well, okay, then you know, so be it. Right. Um, I just don't think it will work like that because it has not worked like that historically. True. All right. So this next one comes from Tyler Elkins, also from the Connect inbox. You've mentioned multiple times that changing your mindset and way of thinking was um, getting getting to truly understand. Wait, and getting to truly understand your brain and how it operates. Um, okay. Having some trouble getting through this one? Yeah, because it's, it's worded a little funky, so I was trying to like translate it in my mm -hmm. head. Um, but anyway, what sources, videos, speakers, methods, meditation, breathing techniques, etc., and or books would you recommend to someone who wants to do the same? Wow. So transform your mindset. Where do you begin? Yeah. Videos, sources, speakers, etc. Well, I would go to impacttheory.com. Uh, that's where we have my book list. So the book list is in order. That really is the right place to start. Um, I'm trying to bring on all the speakers to the show so that you're able to meet the people who have the power to help you build your mindset. And that's really one of the ways that we choose guests is do I think this person can really articulate um, some new fresh angle on the mindset. Uh, and then also we generate our own content around all of this stuff. Uh, I wouldn't shy away from our impact quotes. I think those are super motivational and certainly contain in them really powerful concepts that I've gotten from amazing people um, all throughout time and history in the world. Uh, so checking out those. So we're literally, I mean, this company is meant to answer that question. So it's not mm -hmm. me being cheeky. It's literally, that's what we've built it from the ground up to do and be. So the very honest answer is go to impacttheory.com. Absolutely. And also, we now have a, a 25 bullet points poster. Yes. Which can serve as a reminder to help you kind of figure out other sources. Most definitely. Yeah. All right. So this next one comes from Steve Troutman. Um, in one of the recent Q&As, you discussed how it's good to use shame to fuel action um, in reference to buy when statements. If you set a reference deadline, to what buy when. So like buy deadlines. when. Yeah. Got it. Okay. If you set a deadline and don't meet it, he thinks it's 
it's important to leave the original target date visible as a trigger for shame and by extension uh, to generate motivation. I'm a big proponent of Brene Brown's work on shame and vulnerability. Mm -hmm. Obviously, Tom is as well, seeing as how her book made his reading list. That being said, I was surprised by his use of shame. Brene differentiates guilt from shame. Guilt is I did something bad. Shame is I am bad. It's behavior versus self. This is such a profound distinction, and I'm wondering if Tom agrees. In the research, shame is highly related to addiction, suicide, depression, etc., while guilt is actually inversely related to the same outcomes. This means the more you can get yourself to focus on behavior, the less likely it is that you'll experience these outcomes. Um, and I'd love to hear more about your thoughts on this. Yeah, so let's double down on the controversy. Um, I think Brene Brown is brilliant, and I think that her work is nothing less than revelatory. Um, however, I also think that um, for me and for people who have a similar personality, shame is incredibly powerful once you understand, you can't ever let it erode your sense of self. So I'll even take her definition for a second and say guilt is I did something bad and shame is I am bad. Um, because I think identity is the single most powerful driver of behavior, but I am very good at feeling shame. I am bad for a very limited period of time mm -hmm. and that I will immediately let myself off the hook once I take corrective action. But if I am violating a piece of my identity for that period, I am bad. And so to me, in my mind, now understand, I do that knowing full well to then sit there and wallow in that, to become a diminished version of myself because I feel so badly, like that would be counterproductive and I would not encourage people to do that. But as a way to kick you in the ass, to feel so horribly, to say, I'm not okay sitting in this feeling. I don't want to feel like this for another fucking second. So I'm gonna take immediate action. I think you need something like that. Look, here's my thing. Look at the world. It is paralyzed. People are not moving forward. They're not doing the things that they need to do. They know what they should be doing. People write in all the time. I know what I should do, but I'm not doing it. Mm -hmm. And I really believe it's because people accept a low level of disdain for themselves and they never make it fucking acute. And it never hurts so much that they are unwilling to sit there. And I think the problem is people don't let themselves feel badly enough about what they are to force themselves into taking action. Now, what do you do with somebody who then, like, they take it too far, and it is the very sense of feeling badly about themselves that begins to erode them and makes it so that they don't take action because it seems so hopeless to climb their way out of that? Then I will say, do and believe that which moves you forward. So if believing that your bad does not move you forward, instantly cease utilizing shame. Like it's no longer valuable. The second it doesn't give you what you need to move forward, you have to cut it out of your life. So if, there's, if you're feeling like that, then literally sleep with Brene's book under your pillow and understand shame is not serving you and you should immediately abandon it. There are no absolutes. I'm just saying it is something that I've used to profound effect in my life. So no one is ever going to be able to convince me it's not useful. I use it every fucking day. So it's real, it's powerful, but there's the caveat of I know better than to let it diminish mm -hmm. me. It is micro moments that I will take action because I hate that feeling so much and I love the feeling so much, right? Move towards and away. Yeah. 
80% beauty, boys and girls, 80% of my time is in the beauty, the wonderful things that I do, that I'm proud of who I'm becoming, all of that, 80% of my time, only 20% is ever on the darkness, okay? So I'm moving towards incredible things and I'm feeling good about the stuff that I do. I allow myself to feel ridiculously good about the fact that I spend time in my most important things. Okay, mm -hmm. so even something that simple of, ooh, I made that phone call that I didn't want to make. Oh, I spent the time to like post that job description or work with the designer or whatever. Yeah. So the real answer is when you're dealing in like these binary, um, always and forever, no nuance things, that's the 101. And it's an awesome place to start. And I think people have to do it. But at some point, you got to graduate to the nuance of looking at your life and saying, am I getting the result or not? And if you're not, then you've got to like figure out when to gas break, when to lean on things that other people think are controversial and totally unacceptable. You have to work your way through that. So that's how I mean it. That's how I use it. No one will ever be able to convince me that it's not powerful because I use it. All right. There you have it. All right, so this next one comes from Larissa. You talk about using narrative to help people cultivate the growth mindset and you want to incubate mission-driven companies. So my question is, how do you think is, what do you think is the best way to make existing companies be more mission-driven? You guys know I have a very strict diet that I stick to, except for very special occasions. And I do that so that I can bring my best every day to what I'm doing. And a big part of that strict diet is high-quality animal protein and my go-to source of trustworthy meats and seafoods with no added hormones or antibiotics ever is ButcherBox. ButcherBox is a premium meat subscription service that delivers 100% grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken, pork raised crate-free, and wild-caught seafood all directly to your door. I cannot recommend ButcherBox enough. When you eat ButcherBox, you are giving your body the best possible building blocks to work with so you can reach your full potential. You've got to take care of yourself at a cellular level if you want to hit your peak consistently. So ButcherBox is the key. Sign up at butcherbox.com impact and get our special deal. ButcherBox is off Offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional $20 off. And that means you can choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash impact and use code impact to choose your free for a year offer plus get $20 off your first order. In today's highly unpredictable and rapidly changing world, the smartest move you can make from a financial standpoint is to actually understand how money works and how markets move. Because if you wanna have any chance of investing your money wisely and growing your financial portfolio, you have to make a profit. And the only way that you're going to do that is either by setting and forgetting or actually understanding what's going on at a macro level. So whether you're a seasoned investor or someone looking for extra guidance, today's sponsor, Yahoo Finance, has got you covered with all the tools, data, and news that you need in one place to grow your knowledge base around what is happening in the world of finance and to make sure that you have the right goals and you're executing well. Yahoo Finance makes it easy to consolidate your accounts so you can effectively and efficiently manage your entire portfolio. Personally, I love how straightforward their platform is to use. It is very simple to get the information that I need 
And Impact Theory's own chief financial officer is exactly the same, spending time helping me frame exactly what is going on from a global perspective so that I'm making the smartest decisions that I can. I definitely recommend that you check out Yahoo Finance for comprehensive financial news and analysis. Visit the incredible brand that so many great investors use at yahoofinance.com. It's the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Once again, guys, head there now, yahoofinance.com. In today's highly unpredictable and rapidly changing world, the smartest move you can make from a financial standpoint is to actually understand how money works and how markets move. Because if you wanna have any chance of investing your money wisely and growing your financial portfolio, you have to make a profit. And the only way that you're going to do that is either by setting and forgetting or actually understanding what's going on at a macro level. So whether you're a seasoned investor or someone looking for extra guidance, today's sponsor, Yahoo Finance, has got you covered with all the tools, data, and news that you need in one place to grow your knowledge base around what is happening in the world of finance and to make sure that you have the right goals and you're executing well. Yahoo Finance makes it easy to consolidate your accounts so you can effectively and efficiently manage your entire portfolio. Personally, I love how straightforward their platform is to use. It is very simple to get the information that I need. And Impact Theory's own chief financial officer is exactly the same, spending time helping me frame exactly what is going on from a global perspective so that I'm making the smartest decisions that I can. I definitely recommend that you check out Yahoo Finance for comprehensive financial news and analysis. Visit the incredible brand that so many great investors use at yahoofinance.com. It's the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Once again, guys, head there now, yahoofinance.com. Here's an honest answer. If the company isn't already mission-driven, it's probably doomed. And rather than trying to go and inject mission into something that really isn't, in fact, it is mission-driven, it's to make money. Mm. And that's just the truth of the organization. And... I think it's one of those, man, if it's not baked into the culture, to redo a culture is not impossible, but it is very hard. And it makes me think of the um, Jeffrey Canada statement, give up on adults and focus on women who may become pregnant. You're probably just better off. Like, I, I will tell you this. I would not ever want to make my living as somebody who went to companies to advise them on you need to now redo your culture uh, with mission at the core of it. It can be done. And I, I'll tell right. you what it would look like right now. If, if and only if you had buy-in from the owners and the executive team, mm-hmm. then you could go about saying, hey, this is now the company. We're going to act in accordance with this mission. We're not going to put profits first. We're going to do these other things. And you immediately start changing all your policies and all of that. And then are willing to fire with great prejudice Anybody that does not get on board with that, Mm -hmm. you can do it. But the chances of a company making that kind of radical change and those kind of bold moves are virtually zero. Right. And if you're a public company, you'll tank the company. So. Right. Unless there's money involved. Like if they're losing money. There is money. Oh, 100%. This, I promise you, if they could make it a mission-based company, there's way more money. In today's age, we're socially connected. 100%. But the problem is it's a three to five year process. 
So in years one, two, three, you're hemorrhaging money. And most people can't survive that. They panic. They don't believe in the long-term investment and therefore they're dust. Mm. Also, most companies, certainly startups, they're designed to be sold. And so they may think, I'm only going to be in the company for five years. So why on earth would I spend a three to five year investment to make this like a better play long term? Like that doesn't make any sense. Mm -hmm. So that's why I'm a huge proponent of the evergreen movement, which is building companies that are not designed to sell. They're designed to make a whole lot of money. They're designed to facilitate investment into the company, everything. But that there isn't a forced exit that it's a company that's meant to last 100 years or more, that you have succession plans. I mean, the whole nine, like it's a totally different way of doing business. Mad shout out to Dave Wharton. Look him up. The Evergreen Movement, Tugboat, yeah. what they're doing is absolutely insane. I love it. Totally believe in it. Impact Theory is meant to be a forever company. I have absolutely no interest in selling it. Um, so... But it is a fundamentally different way of doing business, a fundamentally different way of looking at your company, a fundamentally different way of attracting employees, of communicating to customer base, like everything. It is just different in the extreme. It's all about doing the right thing. It's all about building long-term relationships. It's about adding value in the long-term. It's about really screwing yourself over in the short-term. Like right now, one of the questions that we answered in the Tom Ammo was, how do you how do you make money exactly? And I was like, we don't make we money don't. <laughs> because we're building this company for the long term. I'm in a, a position financially where I can afford to do that. And I know where this goes. And it makes way more money in the long term. Make, make no mistake. I want a much bigger house. I want better lifestyle, all of it. But I make the mandate that I only allow myself to get those things by serving other people. Nice and simple, okay? I'm going to build a big fuck-off business. Huge. Lots of money. Profitability. Cash everywhere. I want to I light my fire with cash, okay? Like, that's where <laughs> this goes. But only by serving other people. And that's the thing that people don't make that demand. Like, I am not a big believer in um, nonprofits. It, it, it doesn't make sense. It violates the physics of the marketplace. It violates what I understand about human beings. You're forced to come to the world with your hand out. I think the only thing you can sell sustainably long-term in today's environment is value. So focus on adding value to people's lives. And when you have done the hard-ass work of creating something that people would rather have that than the money, you're in a beautiful position. So I think it's the only way to do business long-term, personally. But if you're already down the path of like just profitability and all that and you don't have any connection to your customer and your employees are just coming to collect a paycheck, oh God, like to try and switch up midstream, woo, it is a fundamentally different approach. Right. Well, there you have it, Larissa. Word. And that's all she wrote. All right. So this next one is from a previous Facebook Live um, from Leah Menon. Uh, hi, Tom. I'm new to your channel and slowly implementing your tips in bettering myself. So thank you. As for my question, how do I train my body to need less sleep in order to maximize productivity? As of now, I know I need anywhere between seven and a half to eight hours a day. Get it. Just you don't. There's no training your body. So yeah. uh, that's a lie. There's no training your body to get less sleep, at least not that I know of. Uh, if somebody can do it, I'm all for it. The only thing I know is to consistently get as much sleep as you need. I found that in consistently getting as much sleep as I need, there were many times where I would get very little sleep and be absolutely fine because I was not operating at, in sleep deprivation. So there are times that I wake up after five hours and I feel like a million bucks. But then there are other times completely randomly, I'll sleep eight hours. Be like, well, that was unexpected. Um, I just never set an alarm. 
I always get as much sleep as I need. I go to bed ridiculously early because I want to be cognitively optimized at all times. So if my natural rhythm were seven and a half hours, I'd get seven mm-hmm. and a half hours. And if I wanted to be up earlier than I was waking up, I would go to bed earlier. So if I had to go to bed at 8 p.m., I would go to bed at 8 p.m. Like if I needed like that really quiet time in the morning and all that stuff, no beef with that. So I don't think the goal is to train your body to need less sleep. I think the goal is to be cognitively optimized. So get however much sleep you need and then just be that much more efficient in your waking hours. Makes sense. And then so this question comes from Syed Rahman. Um, So currently I have a full-time job and I'm involved in side hustles to make my vision come true. I'm a software developer and after my work, I feel mentally drained and less focused. How can I get myself to mentally recharge and be energized to side hustle on top of my work? Any advice you could give me would be super awesome. So it's going to start with diet, almost certainly. Like your diet makes a huge, huge difference in energy levels. So start there, get your diet on point. Um, If you smoke weed, immediately stop. If you drink a lot, immediately stop. And if you can find a job that makes ends meet, like your nine to five is something that makes you feel more fulfilled and you actually enjoy. And because the the mental energy of dealing like with a toxic environment and doing something you hate all day, like those things are way more taxing than just the amount of work. So I think that's a really important thing. And then also if your side hustles are just more things that are going to make money, you're not going to have the energy. If your side hustle makes you feel alive, if it is the thing you love the most, then you'll do it. So you don't have to remind somebody to come home and um, watch a great movie. You don't have to remind somebody to come home and play video games. You don't have to remind somebody to come home and read an amazing book because those things make them feel alive. They mm-hmm. take them on an emotional roller coaster. They make them feel connected to something bigger. Like those, you want to make sure that your side hustle and ideally your main job make you feel like that. And there is a universe in which you can do that. People just don't make that extra demand. So yeah, that that is my advice. Those are going to be the only things. It's not going to be through supplementation. It's, I mean, I guess you could develop a methamphetamine habit, like, uh. but I don't encourage it. <laughs> I don't think that would um, help. What well, would, right? Like, For let's a brief call a spade time. a spade. Um, yeah. Because look, many, it's bad yeah. mojo. Like, it's going to kill you in the long run. But if you could keep it from being an addiction, it probably would work. It's just so detrimental to the body. But there was this, I forget his name, but there's this mathematician who um, he used to use methamphetamines like all the time. And so his friends were like, dude, you really need to stop. Like, this is ridiculous. And so for 30 days to prove that he could do it, he quit cold turkey. And at the end of it, they were like, see, don't you feel better? And he said, no. And I've set mathematics back by a month. And um, I always found that interesting. Like, I don't fuck with drugs. I think people know that about me. But um, I'm not one of those people that's like, I don't have a moral judgment against it. If it's messing up your life, it seems ridiculous and stupid. I want to live forever, which is probably why I don't do it, because it just crushes your longevity. It just kills, kills, kills. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's no bullshit. What would it take, right? So if the answer is a meth addiction, <laughs> so be it. For the record, I don't think it is. But just throwing it out there. Explore all options. All right. So this one comes from Abud Ache DJ. Um, hey, Tom and Cindy, what's the most important, um, what is most important to utilize one's strengths and getting best out of it? Is this like a strengths and weakness question? Like, do you build on your strengths or strengthen your weaknesses? Is that where we're headed? Yeah. 
Yeah. There is like what I read is what is on my page. All right, so we'll go with that <laughs> um, because people ask that question a lot. So here's the thing: it's a it's a both equation. So if you've got a strength and it's in an area that you love, mm-hmm. then get on it. Like there's nothing better than that. So for instance, I absolutely love thinking out loud. Like I love it. It gives me insights. And so it's not an accident that so much of our content is me getting to engage in dialogue and answering questions. Like you'll notice the AMA series, the Q&A, relationship theory, it's all based on questions because I love that. They're going to ask me something from an angle I haven't thought about it. And now I get to go through that process. I speak not so I can be understood, but so that I can understand. Love that quote. Uh, that is very much how I feel. So that's me taking something that I enjoy, that's a strength, my verbal ability, uh, something I've spent a lot of time working on, definitely got early wins, but I've spent well over 20,000 hours like polishing that skill, everything from um, you know doing the daily comedy at my high school lunch table to being in speech and debate to um, just this these shows. Like right. So I, I've always practiced my verbal ability. So that's me leveraging a strength. Um, Weaknesses. I am not a born entrepreneur. I am uh, not a rule breaker. So these are things that I've had to learn. I've had to force myself. But by developing those weaknesses, I've built a life for myself as an entrepreneur, which allowed me to indulge in my absolute disdain for authority um, and to build things that I'm deeply passionate about. So I've done both. So to me, the question isn't what am I good at? What am I weak at? The question is, what are my goals and what do my goals demand? So if your goals demand that you get good at something that you're currently weak at, get good at something you're currently weak mm-hmm. at. If your goals allow you to outsource what you're weak at to somebody else, then outsource it. So it, it really just comes down to what do you have to do. So if I were a solopreneur and I had to do it all by myself, I would force myself to get good at everything I needed to be good at. I mean, just period, like simple as. So yeah, I'll, I'll never quite understand people's like obsession with that. Obviously, if you have a strength, fucking leverage it. But don't let a weakness hold you back. Right, that makes complete sense. Yeah, but you you will find other influencers out there railing in one direction or the other. Why? Why do you think that is? My question, exactly. Why do I actually think that is? Um, Usually, it comes down to what have they done to win in their life? Mm-hmm. which is exactly why I give the advice that I give. I've had to do both. And so that's my like most fiendish, compelling advice mm-hmm. because I turn inward and I go, what did I do to get here? And I realize I didn't have the luxury of just leaning on my strengths, so I've had to do both. Somebody that was like absolutely spastic in one area, but they had like a strength that in their environment, they were able to just do that. And they're like, oh my God, by not spending time on that and just focusing on this, I crushed it. But I will hearken a guess What they actually did was say, what are my goals and what do I have to do to achieve my goals? And so the people for whom their goals happen to accidentally or intentionally be 100% aligned with their natural skill set, they're golden. But to me, the goal has to be based on what makes you feel most alive. So what makes you feel most alive is the right question. And then you back into the skill set that's required to get there. So leverage your strengths whenever you can develop any weakness that your goals demand. I like to turn a phrase on that. All right. So this next question comes from Garrick Tate. What do you think is the difference between regular happiness and framework happiness on a purely neurological standpoint? 
Ooh, that's a great question. It's easy to to describe momentary happiness. Right. Um, that's really all about. And and now I'm gonna guess. I have a guess. Um, the one I know is dopamine. So momentary happiness triggers. And it's here's what's fascinating. Mm-hmm. It's not that eating the bowl of ice cream makes you feel good. It's that the anticipation of getting to eat the ice cream triggers dopamine, which is actually a desiring molecule more than a having molecule, which is why you want the next bowl and the next bowl and the next bowl. And that's why cocaine addicts get themselves into so much trouble and why rats, if you put an electrode in their brain that stimulates dopamine dopamine secretion, they will sit there and press the lever so they could do either the secretion of dopamine or food. And they will press the dopamine until they die because that like sense of like, it's almost Christmas morning, right? Like that, which is way more incredible than once you have all your toys and then you're playing with them, right? Right. Like it's way cooler, like the build up, the opening, like I haven't got to use it yet. Oh, ah! like that, that is why addictive behavior (laughs) is addictive behavior. Because what you want is the, the anticipation. So that's momentary happiness. Mm -hmm. Framework happiness, I'm going to guess is serotonin. Now, serotonin is largely made by bacteria in your gut. So to a hammer, all problems are a nail. So I get it. I'm like way deep on the microbiome right now. So like (laughs) all I can think about are all the things that are tied to the microbiome. Um, But serotonin is fascinating. It's known as the feel-good chemical. I think, I don't know, this is where I'm guessing, but I think serotonin is more of a like steady drip kind of thing versus the... the, the, Exactly. Versus dopamine, which is way more like punctuated. Um, so that's my gut instinct, gut instinct is that serotonin is what you're looking for. And I think serotonin is what Molly triggers. And if I'm right about that, then this is all 100% accurate. And that Molly <laughs> is essentially like framework happiness in a pill. <laughs> so which is interesting and i so admittedly like yeah. i i don't know that that's 100 percent correct but i'm pretty sure that's accurate yeah and right now i'm i'm struggling for because i took a drugs and behavior class of course it was for class no <laughs> in um in college and it was like all about the different drugs and how they oh, affect drugs, and, drugs behavior. and behavior i think you said i took so drugs was, in behavior class no 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 i was like and wow that's a forward college yeah <laughs> No, there were no drugs in class, but we looked at the different brain scans. We right. talked about the different like molecule levels, almost like on a bar graph. And right now, because I'm a visual person, it was all written down and I can't remember it. All right. But anyway, our um, final question comes okay. from Alex Springer. How's the progress on the book coming? Uh Excellent and not at all, all at the same time. So I'll explain <laughs> it. We're in negotiations with the ghostwriter. So once we click over that, then it, and which is fine because we didn't expect them to start until August. So we've got some time to mm-hmm. wrap that up. Uh, but assuming that we start in August, then I'm expecting to be done with the book by uh, early to midsummer 2018. So we're still on track for that. So cool. we'll call that a win. All right. Alex, uh, summer 2018-ish. Word. There yeah. All right. And that's, that's it. That's, that's all I've got. Awesome. Guys, thank you so much for joining us for this not so live edition of Facebook Live Q&A. 
it's been amazing. I've had a ball, and um, we will be back. I think this is the only one I that's going to be um, yeah. recorded. We may do one more. Don't hold me to that. But um, special. We'll yeah. have a special, I think. Perfect. And Lisa and I yeah. will be doing uh, some lives from our trip, so we will be in contact. And if you haven't already, be sure to subscribe. And until next time, my friends, be legendary. Take care. Bye, everyone. Hey everybody, thank you so much for listening. And if this content is delivering value to you, please go to iTunes, go to Stitcher, rate and review us. That helps us build this community. And that is what we are all about right now, building this community as big as we can to help as many people as we can deliver as much value as possible. And you guys rating and reviewing really helps with that. All right, guys, thank you again so much. And until next time, my friends, be legendary. Take care.